Welcome to Mind Music Mastery, a podcast brought to you from the heart of London's Music Hub. Join us for a series of episodes for every creative to explore the space inside of ourselves as well as outside of ourselves. You are your own champion. You are your own best friend. Hello and welcome to the Mind Music Mastery podcast. We are back now with season two, episode one, and I'm joined by the ever-lovely Lucy Massiera. How you doing, Lucy? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. It's been, it's been a while. I was just realising um, the last time I spoke to you, um, I was still working for education and I'm not anymore. So like, there's been all of these shifts and all of the, the seasons have changed. And yeah, it's an exciting yeah. time. So where do you work now, Lucy? I still work at Talyard. I'm still here. <laughs> you can't get rid of me that easily. Um, I just work for Talyard London now, but I, this, this project is a complete love of mine. So I just had to make sure that, that we stuck with this because, yeah, this podcast has seen me through. Um, so really happy to be here. How Amazing. are you doing, babe? I'm doing well, you know. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about this episode because we've got one of our <laughs> seasoned favourites back on the show. Oh, yes. I'm super excited as well. We couldn't have launched it in any other way, I don't think. I don't think so. So let's put a little round of applause together for the one, the only. It's Rory. Hey. Hello again. Hello. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. Third time lucky. Maybe I'll say something interesting this time. <laughs> um, we, we're, we're joined by um, an, another special guest today, aren't we, Rory? We are. Am I introducing him then? I think it's only fair. My partner, love of my life, fiancé, man that found me because I was on this podcast. Hold on one second. Did you just say fiancé? I did, yeah. Oh, I'm engaged. <gasps> Drop the mic. I'm engaged. You're enraged. We're not the same. <laughs> yeah. The one and only. Rich Pink. Thank you, lovely to be here. Welcome, Rich. <laughs> I think this is the first time we've actually had four of us on the show at one time, which is exciting. Mm. Rory will probably say enough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there Oi. is never a dull moment with Rory. That's why we keep having her back. The string can come off, mate, so uh, let's wind true. that in. So, um, so we've obviously heard Rory's side of the story when it came to this beautiful budding relationship, which by the way, Lucy and I take full credit for. Yep. Take yep. it, have it. <laughs> but Rich, we want to hear your side of the story. Give us oh, the gas. Wow. There's, there's a risk of this sounding quite cringe, so I'll try and, I'll try and tone that down. But, um, Please don't. You never normally do that. <laughs> yeah. Why would you change yourself? <laughs> I, um, it's, it's fascinating, really. I was, I was living by myself in a flat in Basingstoke, um, just going through my second divorce um and my best Got that in early <laughs> yeah. just hitting with it just advertising myself uh, that was two <laughs> ladies and gents one two divorces i'm trying to go for like being ross geller from friends he had three wives right didn't third he? time so, lucky. yeah I th i'm not gonna do it again regardless <laughs> of how of how this one goes uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> lucky lady <laughs> um and my best friend actually uh got a got a housemate uh, which was which was Rory. So I had kind of probably unhealthily become quite a codependent with this mate. Like we we spent all the time, um, all the spare time that we had together. And yeah, I, I met Rory on a family quiz over Zoom because we were in lockdown. Right. Um, and saw her for the first time. I think the day that she moved in. 
I think the next day I found the reason to go over to Matt's house <laughs> uh, without making it too obvious. I think I've, I failed there. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Like to this day, I couldn't tell you why it happened, but I, I became really interested and listened to this podcast because I knew that well, I'd done, you know, a tiny bit of social media stalking uh, and may well have, <laughs> modern may romance well have come across the fact that there was this podcast and I listened to it for an hour I think it was a Saturday morning and I just instantly felt connected so you know uh, at, well, as you know because it was on this podcast openly talks about her addiction problems um, and I I've knocked up a couple of addiction problems myself. So I had a gambling addiction and uh, an alcoholic. So, um, yeah, just instantly. I'd never really heard anyone talk so openly because I wasn't in that arena. I was in the pub. So, um, mm. yeah, I just I sent a text. I, I, I like, please I've don't... I've actually got oh, the text no. right here. Dun, dun, oh, go, go on, go on. on. Read it out. <laughs> it, it, it text? You slid into the DMs. Oh, yes. Oh, oh modern romance. <laughs> Give me them issues right now. Listen to it and then slid in with this. Yeah, it's fine. I sixth can't believe she's about to do this. A world exclusive, fine. everyone. World exclusive. <laughs> pink, 6th of June, 9.47am. Oh. So that's, he's done it first thing in the morning. Yeah, good. Nice move. Good move. You're, you're on his mind when he woke up. There you go. There that's we go. That's how yes, you know. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. That's what it was. Morning. <laughs> Just listen to you on that mind music mastery thing. <laughs> I'm sure you don't need me to tell you because you've probably got thousands of people doing it, but it's pretty inspirational. The way you can talk about everything will be helping so many people that follow you. Oh, it's a bit personal, do you mind? That's fine, yeah. I was gonna gonna do it anyway, no boundaries. (laughs) I had a gambling addiction that I was able to stop three years ago now. The carnage it caused me and the people I loved was horrific, but only a select few people in my life know. Last year, I also really struggled with mental health. I had to see a counsellor and medicate to balance my brain. And there's some sort of pride thing that stops me from talking openly about it. Anyway, suppose what I'm saying is you'd be impacting people in a positive way on that podcast. And maybe you can help some people see the light at the end of the tunnel. Aww. How cute is he? I was trying the... to stay away from cringe, but there we go. <laughs> it, we've cringed it right up. It was a bit cringe, but you, you could totally hear the kind of you know the vulnerability and the honesty. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll let you off. For that, we appreciate the vulnerability. Yeah. Totally. You can't hit him with the truth. Yeah. And well, do you know what? It was worth it because look look at you guys now. Yeah. You know, get him out. It was worth every cringe. Number <laughs> three. Keep cringing, team. <laughs> so continue. Um, so yeah, and then we got, we got, we so you got, slid into the DMs. Slid into the DMs. Uh, she didn't respond. Actually, I do remember this. She didn't respond straight away. I think she wanted cool. to speak to Matt about something to see if it was all a big setup, which it wasn't. Um, so she she messaged me later to get like a holding message to say thanks for texting. I'll reply later if that's okay. <laughs> Um, and then, and then, yeah, look, look, we started talking, and you know, it probably got a bit teenagery. Like the text messages kind of coming. I won't read wrong. those. No, but there no. were yeah, sweaty like, palms and racing hearts mentioned, Aww. and not in a not in a weird 
by you way. as well, right? Let's yes, just by me too. Let's, absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't it just me, the cringe. <laughs> oh, um, and, and it just yeah, I guess we we fell in love via text and phone. Like it was really, really intimate mm. um for well, I, I say a long period of time. It felt like it because we were on the phone so long, but in reality it wasn't it wasn't that long. And um yeah, I guess what Nine months later, lived together, engaged, and the rest is the rest is history. So yeah, it was it was pretty life changing. Amazing. Wow. I'd like to actually say the rest is the future. Oh, yeah, I like that. The rest yeah, is I the like future. That. Yeah, because that's baby. just nine months. That's just the beginning of the story. There's going to be so much more to write, isn't there? Oh, it's so exciting to think what that might be. But when we first got together, I well. I've had so many relationship problems and so much fear and anxiety and I didn't want it to go wrong again and all these trust issues and it, it was really difficult for me to actually lean in and just accept like this is the one this is the one where this is the happy ending that you never got before mm. but it's so hard to feel that when you've never had that and he would talk about being together forever Mr. Three Marriages over here. Like, he's in it for the long run. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've never been like that. Like, I've I always had a lot of one-year relationships and, mm. and then I would leave very often. So saying forever used to really scare me because it's like, well, you can't promise forever. And how can I? And what happens if something changed? And then we sort of changed it, didn't we, to forever, one day at a time. And one day at a time is the, like, the AA motto. Like, if you need to mm. stop drinking, you say one day at a time. But for me, just to be in love one day at a time. Because mm. I'm so used to things going wrong. If I start thinking in the future, oh, chaos. Yeah. Mm. So we have, it, we have a little sign above our bed that says forever, one day at a time. Oh, I love so that. if I can love him today, which I don't know if I've done very well today, to be honest, because I pissed him off this morning. But <laughs> she, <laughs> she we're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> honest. Just uh, on, on mic confession. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Real Relationships. There you go. <laughs> um, so it's been a pretty big year then. So you're, you've got engaged. You've also had your first single out. Tell us a bit about that. I have. Uh, can I swear? Is it? Yes. Yes. Um, so my first single is called Fuck Fame. It came out last week, which is really exciting. It's been a long journey to get there. I'm in my 30s, so I'm like a corpse dancing round in music industry terms and I'm loving every second of it um you know I've, I've had so much self-doubt and self-hatred and all that rubbish been carrying it around for years and I just finally feel like I put that down and I'm just jumping around in my, my blue wig and with a baseball bat that I've written on graffitiing on walls in the music video and it's just loads of fun and it's really freeing Amazing. And yeah, I've got a load more singles upcoming, so going to be releasing one every couple of months, and it feels good. Mm. I love that. What a what an amazing couple of years it's been for you. Then quite a turnaround from the story you were telling us on the fe- on the first part. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know, moving back from Amsterdam, pretty much on my knees, going bankrupt, nervous system shot to pieces, didn't know what I was doing, and then yeah, just those changes, I guess. Writing a hit record, big thing, mm. really having some amazing friendships that carry you through and, and help you through bad times and doing that period of time alone, celibate and yeah, just 
it's funny how when you look back everything makes sense but mm. at the time oh i felt so lost yeah mm. so depressed it's really it's, it's lovely it makes me very grateful to remember mm. back then when today mm. engaged mm. this hot man over here <laughs> and releasing music that's yeah. like my dream life and i thought that door mm. both those doors were, mm. were slammed in my face um, oh, wow. you've also, you also, both of you mentioned about being sober. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Who wants to go first? You go first. Yours is longer. Correct answer. Look at that scene. <laughs> Trained. <laughs> That's my voice in his head going, you know it's me, baby. <laughs> Obviously a joke. <laughs> um, well, I've, yeah, I guess I've been sober now two and a half years. September must be three. Is it sept- September? September's no, three right. years. Yeah. So it's getting so long now that I'm not counting every month. <laughs> and that's lovely because in the beginning it's like one day, two days, three days. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just feels super grateful because there's no way I would have a healthy relationship with Rich, myself, my friends. Mm. Um, no way I'd be releasing music if I was still drinking. So it's been... They have this thing in AA that's like if you really turn up and you you manage to quit and you do the work you'll live a life beyond your wildest dreams Mm. and when I was in my first AA meeting very far away from any dreams very very unhealthy and and struggling with mental health and in a bad relationship very far away from releasing music I I I don't know whether I believed them I was like yeah okay kind of sounds like good marketing blurb doesn't it but now (laughs) it's just worked I look back I'm like shit they were telling the truth because mm. this is beyond beyond the wildest dreams but it's reality so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to three years um for me it's about just being aware of the lessons of sobriety and you know not drinking is one thing but working hard to be a good person a calm person a person of gratitude I'm not all like that all the time I can be a massive dick but like trying to trying for massive dick moments to get less and I feel like maybe I'm doing well with that they're so, yeah. reducing they are reducing they're reducing yeah. amazing thank you baby full display I love that we're basically doing our vows right now so I'm, I'm loving the open nature of this back and forth I don't know about you um, I just wanted to say something about the 12 step program because it is obviously it's something which I think has merit and power to anyone as well. Do you not, I always think that obviously it's, it's one of those things that definitely helps you out of a place of addiction and out of a really tough situation. But I think anyone could walk that program who even hasn't walked through addiction that will get something from it. It's 100%. just so powerful in its phasing because it's everything you just said. It's about kind of becoming a better person, the best version of yourself, actualizing yourself, really finding that space within your heart and within your spirit that I think is really hard for us to find because of the, the noise and the distractions that we're surrounded by. So I really truly believe in it as well. Absolutely. And I think I've heard that in a Brene Brown book when she says, you know, she went to AA and she talks about almost being lucky. Mm. Like if, you, if you've got a problem with alcohol or drugs, you know where to go, you've got somewhere to go. And if you do it, You'll have incredible community. You'll learn about yourself. Um, but for other people, what about if it's shopping? Yeah, or like sugar. Or it's sugar, yeah. or a, a emotional conflict. Like, so many of us struggle, because it's all about distracting and numbing, mm. very often from trauma. And people don't have anywhere to go. So I'm a big proponent for doing the work. You can mm. get, there's an amazing book called A Gentle Path Through the 12 Steps for everyone. Mm. And you unpack your family history, you look at addiction patterns in your own life, and 
It's great. I haven't actually finished the book, just for full clarity, because I don't tend to finish much, do I, babe? But <laughs> no. start with the best intentions. Anyway, tell us your addiction story, because I think it's a bit more, bit more spicy. We've all heard the alcoholic gambling addict. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so my sobriety uh, for for both gambling and alcohol is on the 18th of June. So I'm Touchwood. Uh, three months away from from a year. That's amazing. Um, mm. I, I, I'm a little bit all or nothing. So like, I gave up alcohol, gambling, and um, started trauma therapy like all at once. So I like, put, <laughs> put on a full woke suit, like yeah. straight, straight, straight away. Um, and I, I think for me, like GA, I could, I can quite clearly see that it saved my life like I was going down a really quite uh, destructive destructive path and like with alcohol people could see when I was drinking because I was drunk and I was partying and stuff like that mm. the, the the secrecy of the gambling um was well it was it was it was crippling I would I would be up all night um playing on slot machines on my phone um and I had a you know a little a little baby girl uh to, to sort out in the middle of the night and I had bloodshot eyes and I was drinking as well like it was just it was just not a life and I remember kind of not not wanting to be around um uh, anymore and I, I get a defining moment for me or like the real low point was um I'd lost all the money that I had plus all of the money on credit cards um, and just spinning, I think it was like a hundred pound a spin. So I, I'd lost thousands of pounds in the space of about 15 minutes. And I just remember being in a hot sweat, like not seeing a way out. Um, and, and actually, like that wasn't the start of my GA. Like I had managed to curb that mm. compulsive behavior, but I was still betting. I was still doing the lottery and I was still betting on football and stuff like that, thinking that I had, that I'd kind of beat it. Um, and I remember my first GA meeting uh, on the 17th of June and I cried more than, and I wasn't really a crier, but more than I ever had. It was one of those things that probably should have taken five minutes to explain. Yeah. Took me 25 minutes. Like it was all mm. Zoom, we were in lockdown and like, you know when babies cry, like they yeah. can't talk because yeah. of their breathing and deep breaths. That's exactly what it was like. But to wow. be fair, like, and, and all of the, all of the, you know, Brotherhoods, I think they're called, aren't they? That, that doesn't seem very 2021, but I think that they that they they were amazing, so supportive, so validating, and like I felt like I belonged because it's not something that you that you really hear about kind of gambling addictions. Um, and yeah, and I suppose my relationship with the uh, GA was, uh, uh, you know, as I've said, I think it saved my life. Um, but without the trauma therapy, that's where I really started to understand that it was a coping mechanism. It right. was it was so I didn't have to feel mm. life. So mm. it wasn't it wasn't really kind of an alcohol problem. It was more of an alcohol solution or right. a betting solution yeah. uh, to take me away from reality. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Um, so obviously, both of you have mentioned going to to therapy. What have been your What's come out, what's been like the biggest life revelations that's come out of that experience? You don't have to go into details if you don't want to, but what has it, how has it impacted the way that you live your life differently now? Like every, every minute of every day, because 
for me, it's given me like a different body. I have a different body and a different mind. Mm. So I wake up very often calm. My daily experience is calm and present. I notice when my brain is off somewhere or I'm dissociating or anxiety because it's a lot less frequent. Mm. And I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm not a shell of a person. Wow. I'm just me. I know who I am. I know what my voice sounds like. I don't overthink myself out of existence. I know when I'm triggered and I can back off. I know how to set boundaries. I know how to do breathing exercises to help my nervous system. I know that I'm traumatized, so I have to be careful about certain certain triggers. Mm. And just, I don't know, like, it's made me take life a lot less seriously. Because, like, everything's just okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> everything's just all right. Like, I'd go in so in early therapy. This is going on. This person sent me this text. I don't think they like me. Nobody ever likes me. Everybody's leaving. And just, like, I'd never do that now. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe they don't like me. If they, if they don't, they'd sell me. Mm. And if they don't, like, it just doesn't matter. Like, what yeah. matters is that I know me intimately. Mm. And, I do, and I do. Like, we are, I still get it wrong. He knows me better than I know me. Because I'm your classic, like, are you okay? Yep. <laughs> I always say yes. And then you'll be like, babe, I can see that you're, you know, your eyes going a bit wonky. <laughs> are you all right? I'm like, oh, actually, maybe I am. And then a little bit of anxiety. So it's yeah. to have a partner to, to co-regulate and do it with. But long-winded way of saying, I just am a lot happier. Love that. Love that. Love that. I think, I think I'll be quicker than that. I <laughs> I think uh, for me probably two things one is like I'm able to own my own emotions now like they belong to me mm. um, where they never really did um, mm. I obviously feel the good and the bad more than I ever have because I'm, I'm sober as well yeah and the other thing uh, quite snobbish of me but uh, what it, it makes me quite frustrated with everybody in the world. Like everybody <laughs> who hasn't gone through any level of therapeutic journey, I yeah. find incredibly frustrating to be yeah. around now. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I'm just being honest. What I just want to be like, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> what's the frustrating part for you? Is it the lack of presence or the lack of awareness of themselves? Yeah, uh, probably yeah. awareness of themselves. Yeah, so you can, you can probably see like an x-ray machine, anxious energy, nervous energy, like mm. masked, people like you see them yeah. just not genuine and they kind of look and think mm. like they'd it's not mine it's theirs everyone's you know I'm not trying to save the world but they'd be so much happier if they were just themselves and you mm. can once you've kind of gone through because I was that person I was absolutely masked and overconfident and none of it was none of it was real but you mm. can I guess going through the work yourself you can see it in others really clearly yeah. but yeah. but they won't it, it has to be their choice yeah. like, to, to, to do the work. You can't kind of impose it on people. Mm. So. Definitely an um, uh, exercise in empathy. I definitely believe like, when I started the therapeutic journey, not just like getting therapy myself, but training to be a therapist, one of the things you learn is how to grow in empathy. And every time I get frustrated, I realise deep down it's because I'm frustrated at myself. Mm. And it's just like, oh, okay, so you need to be more empathetic with yourself then you can be more empathetic with other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Maybe I'm just not there yet. <laughs> it's tough. I think, no, I think it's if someone was paying me to be nice, <laughs> yeah. I'd be that's, well nice that's to so you. That's so true, yeah. But it's, yeah. no, it's a joke, but I, I agree it can be hard. Yeah. And you're right as well. Like, 
I have a lot of people in my life that struggle with self-esteem or depression. They might not yeah. even know. and yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Mm. And, it, and it sounds horrible to say frustrating, but it is because you're like, it doesn't need to be like that. You yeah. can wake yeah. up tomorrow and change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard and you have yeah. to practice and you'll drop the ball a few times. You have to pick it up. But, but you can change. Yeah. You can have any kind of life that you want. But then, it, yeah, when you lose that empathy or that compassion, yeah. I think you're right. It's because I'm looking at old me who's just like, oh, I'm too old to do any sort of life. It's all over for me. <laughs> and I don't necessarily <laughs> love that person. Like, I'm doing yeah. the work there. So I think you're right. But also, Rich, I agree. Like, I agree with you in the sense that it can, it, it can be really annoying and really frustrating. But what I've learned is often that frustration gives me a reason almost to set a boundary. Mm. And whereas before it's like I didn't feel like I had reasons for boundaries. Mm. Whereas as you go on that healing journey, you realise most, most importantly, the person you have to protect the most is yourself. I totally yeah, know that. Absolutely. When I, 100%. When I get frustrated with people in a similar vein to you, Rich, because I definitely have it, especially when you're going through periods and processes where you are doing a lot of inner work, not to say that I'm there either, but certainly like sort of showing up for myself every day and, mm. and exploring practices and then... I'll see something in someone and usually it's led with ego and I'm like, oof, like, and then I get really triggered by it. And then that is just a reason, like you just said, Sue, for me to really just look at myself, like what is it in them that I've just seen that mm. I absolutely despise in myself? And then there's another process, another part of the healing has to then take place. So I definitely yeah. can resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, as you grow in more respect towards yourself, as you begin to nurture, like what you said, Rox, um, um, the relationship within yourself, and you begin to sit with yourself and nurture that part of you, you realise actually you're worth standing up for, you're worth respect, and you're yeah. worthy of respect, and you're mm. worthy of um, being treated well, and you're worthy of people, of surrounding yourself with people that are also looking after themselves, so that you oh, don't yeah. then become the subject of yeah. their projection, mm. or the subject of their annoyance, and I think... I don't think that that process would happen if it wasn't for the frustration process. You yeah. know, it's almost like the frustration is what wakes us up to it. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I, I, I growing every day. Like listening yeah. to it, listening to you, listening to Tara Bright, listening to podcasts with my with with my therapist. It's like there's there's never a dull day when it mm. comes to learning about myself and how I interact with others. And mm. um, but yeah, like it's uh, it it definitely doesn't feel like anything that will stop anytime soon. I feel like it's like a lifelong journey. It is, isn't it? Growth. It is, yeah. it's a lifelong <laughs> commitment. I Because cool I, I feel bad sometimes being like, people that haven't done the work, like pull the ladder up, I don't want to hang out with them. <laughs> Frustrating. But I like to counterbalance that for a mm. bit of humility and be like, imagine the people who've like further than us, because God knows there's loads, yeah. who would be like, oh no, like, they're very early in the journey. Stay away from that. Like, there's probably yeah. some like well <laughs> woke, like Buddha vibes people who just <laughs> some would see us and be like, "He's yeah. got a lot of work to do." Yeah. He's probably mm. setting healthy boundaries with us. Yeah. And isn't mm. it just lovely to sit? You can be part of both, like, yeah. and allow people to make their own choices for, with their own time. Absolutely, and I think the biggest lesson I've learned is about protecting your energy and knowing where to put that energy. So. 
I have a zone system. I'm sure I've talked to you guys about this a lot, mm. you know, and how, how that has been put into place. Adjust my expectations. It's not about letting the other person know you're in zone five and you're in zone four, but it's about I have these expectations of what I can expect to receive and expect myself to give in these relationships in order to feel fulfilled in them. And mm. I think that's a really, really important part of the journey because so, so often we can have expectations of someone and we've never articulated those expectations to that mm-hmm. person and they get incredibly frustrated when that person doesn't live up to our expectations, which we've never explained. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's this like this vicious cycle. But it's actually it's like I've, I'm starting to realise more and more, oh, I'm allowed to have expectations. I can articulate them and you are welcome to not meet those expectations and tell me, I'm not going to meet those expectations and I can adjust my expectations with you. Downgrade. So freeing. Mm. <laughs> Zone four. <laughs> Park and ride. <laughs> Park and ride. It's so yeah. true. Like yeah. the amount of, I, for me, I tended to find I was a, a giver in relationships very often. Mm. Give, give, give. Money, money, money. How can I help you? How can I help you? always trying to help people with their career especially in my 20s make people singer songwriters because I'm projecting massively because I'm not doing it for me Mm. so I almost was like I was giving them all this stuff but it wasn't freely given it came with a price tag that you will read my mind be there when I need you support me and that's not help, is it? Like, no. that's it, a debt. I was giving yeah. people debt. They never agreed to it or signed a contract. That made me resentful and horrible. Yeah. And those relationships <laughs> fell apart because they, were, they weren't built on, on reality. So mm. it's a yeah, scary place to be when we start giving parts of ourselves to people in the hope that they'll like us mm. or be there for us. Mm. That's still a debt. That not, really resonated with me to my absolute core. I was like... <gasps> I've been that girl <laughs> and maybe I still am that girl but no that was that was so well put that's that's really interesting what was the changing point what did you re- when did you realize that that's what was happening and that's what you were doing um I don't know I've just realized just, had yeah, just now <laughs> honestly honestly I don't think I've said it in those terms before that mm. all of those people I helped in my 20s yeah to be singer-songwriters I was projecting it probably goes into my early 30s it's probably until I stopped drinking and I started looking at at myself but it ties into so much yeah it's projection I also think it's low self-esteem manipulation Mm. if I'm super nice to you and I overgive and I have no boundaries you'll like me and you won't hurt me so it's it's all kinds of things and and my Mm. own my own low self-esteem it's yeah it's tough to unpack it and I've done Mm. it recently up up until last year Mm. I would find myself going into songwriter sessions and encouraging other people to sing and do an artist project like you could do it just do this and I'd have these visions and I'll tell them and it's again just like stop vomiting your own dreams over everyone else get a bucket and save it for your own for your own self so it's don't know, been a journey, that one. I probably mm. still do it, mm. yeah. if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. Wow. The fact that you acknowledge it is like, you know, it's, the, it's heading in the right direction. But the fact that you just said something that awoken something in me was just very powerful. So I'd take it. <laughs> so speaking of social medias and <laughs> the, the socials, 
Um, Rich, you've recently had a video go viral on TikTok. <gasps> I uh, saw this. You? I saw this because I followed... You've seen the video? Yeah, uh, I have. Yeah. I saw it because um, I, I started following you from, from your Aww. referral, uh, Rory. <laughs> so can I just quickly, before he tells his story... Yes. He was not a social media person when I met him. Wouldn't have... Maybe had six photos on Insta. Then got into this passion project, which he'll tell you about. Started doing Instas. It was really good. A few weeks ago, he starts a TikTok, right? So already when you're in your 30s, starting a TikTok, like, that is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I knew a little bit about it. Like, everyone in music is trying to, trying to do TikTok. He starts a TikTok four weeks ago. Uh, no, about six now. And it blows up. Like, everything is getting thousands of views. Some... <gasps> 700,000 views and all these followers and it's just exploding and it's been so amazing to see someone who didn't have social media wasn't telling his story it's Mm. very personal so I'll I'll let him talk about that but just watching what happens when you show up with with an incredible honest powerful truth Mm. and then the world is just like boom viral on TikTok it's amazing it's been eye-opening so yeah just thought I'd hype you up a bit there, babe. So when's the book coming out, Rich? <laughs> yes. oh, I, don't, I don't know yet. Like, I'm, I'm working on it. I've done a chapter. So yes. uh, by 2040, I reckon, I've um, done it. So tell us a little bit about the video. Tell us a little bit about your social media presence and a little bit about the story about behind that, if that's all right. Okay, I'll try and be as succinct as I possibly can with this. And I'll try not to go too dark with it. But... Um, the all of my social media presence, so TikTok and, and Instagram, is is called One in Six, um, and it's to raise awareness of male sexual abuse. So I myself am a uh, male sexual abuse survivor, hence the trauma therapy at the same time as, as drinking as drinking alcohol, and um, it's just something that's it's just not talked about, mm. um, you know, socially men are meant to be the the strong ones kind of hide emotions not not talk about their real feelings um but it it completely my experience when i was eight year old completely rewired my nervous system so Mm. from that point on i had issues with trust i had issues with alcohol gambling but you've kind of already i've already talked about that so i just wanted to be a voice that, that 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 told that story um and as Rory said, I started on Insta and it was very informative. Like, it looks amazing, mm. um, but the followers just weren't, weren't growing. And I've always been quite confident. So, like, the idea of just standing in front of a camera and just not preparing, just talking, was like, that's, that's a bit of me. Let's give that a go. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, like, the video, the video a few days ago is, I think it's just, just short of 800,000 now. So I think that's, like... Wow actually legit viral right. <laughs> <laughs> um and my my the the, the public support is mm. just amazing um funnily enough though like bearing in mind it's about male sexual abuse of an 83 percent female following That's so it's wow. the men are still not yeah kind of wanting to wanting to lean into it which i i get you know it took me mm. years and years and years and only kind of going through this journey would have even given me the strength to, to say the words out loud, let alone yeah. being out in, in, in public mm. talking about it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that mm-hmm. was pretty succinct, actually. Wasn't that was it? really, really wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, just credit off to you. It's like super inspiring. So just thank you for being that voice in a lot of noise. Like I think it's, yeah, it's so, so needed. So I'm just glad that you've had such a great reception to it. I think, yeah, it, it, more of this, please. It really has been. And, and actually, one more thing. Um, I, saw, I saw an Insta post around um, how to become social media famous. And it said, step one, put the camera down. Step two, go and be an expert in something. Come back five years later, pick back the camera and leave people's jaw on the floor. And I guess this is something that I'm really kind of educated in. I've got a lived experience. So I can stand up there with confidence and and tell people mm. the story and educate uh, because I've been through it. So yeah. there's there's mm. no I guess no real better experience. So every cloud. I guess. <laughs> well, people, people can relate to that authenticity, Absolutely. can't they? Mm. I think, and I think that when you're talking about those kinds of subjects, I think it really shows who is and who isn't. So people connecting with that, so it's super powerful. Definitely, I think. and yeah. I think it's that that draws people as well when they hear vulnerability mixed with authenticity. There's something really. Um, there's something really appealing about that it's almost like it creates a space where people feel like they can do the same Mm. a little bit like what you were talking about earlier about wearing masks and um, and not being free to be ourselves when we begin to see more people live authentically it's almost like it creates that space for us to all to live more authentically so mm. yeah that's amazing and i love what you're doing through your platform where can where can people find you well tiktok <laughs> is my main uh platform um <laughs> but but both tiktok and insta is um at one in six so it's the number one and the word six um but yeah in, insane insane support and everyone is so nice you you know, you've got a couple of idiots but not many <laughs> like out of the thousands of comments yeah. it really mm. isn't not even the keyboard warriors are fighting this one like oh, wow. everyone's supporting it that's so. amazing and you know just hearing you talk about it then like you say i'm a survivor of male sexual assault and that's become so okay to say for you and like it's just it's just normal it's part of your story there's no shame mm. but it's not everything about you it's just like part of the the pie of your life it was a horrible mm. thing to go through but you talk about it with such i say confidence because that sounds wrong but you're just okay with yeah. who you are in your story and that's what you bring on tiktok and when i met you it wasn't like that you hadn't told a lot of people you hadn't even told matt your best friend at the time and I remember when you told me. Do you remember the phone call? I do, yeah, of course I do. And <laughs> saying that you needed to tell me something and it was really big and it, there was so much nerves from you and worry and and I could hear it and like we were both crying on the phone when you told me and it was like the biggest thing, like you're telling someone your biggest, for you, most shameful story. Yeah. Mm. You know, and you were telling me because we had really connected but everyone else didn't know. Yeah. So to be nine months later, seven hundred k on TikTok and just owning it, yeah, well. just owning it, yeah. it's just beautiful because yeah. that it's when someone can do that. You take the thing you're most ashamed of and you start speaking about that, then yeah. you're free. Mm. You take your power back. So mm. well done, babes. You took your power back. Thank you. Thank Amazing. you. Amazing. Mm. Um, guys, we've run out of time. But is there anything? Any last? Um, what shall I say? Little golden nuggets you want to <laughs> leave for our listeners. Little nuggets Stream of my single. 
Like, <laughs> twenty single. Three years of good luck. <laughs> yeah, and follow me on TikTok. Okay. I shameless self promotion. Before before we draw to a close, I think it's really important judging on both of your experiences. Now, next time we come on the show. A, you're going to be married, and B, you're going to have a couple's TikTok. I'm living for that, by couples the way. Couple's TikTok. It's going to happen. TikTok. Dance sequences, all of it. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. The <laughs> thing is, I got, I deleted my TikTok, didn't I? Because I think yeah. I got a bit triggered that his was doing so successful. <laughs> so I deleted my own. I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> hey, but you're killing it on Instagram. That's where people find you, right? If people are looking it for is, you. It is. It's Instagram. I'm, I'm thinking about going back to TikTok. Because he has inspired me. And where can we find you on Instagram? At It's Rory. Amazing. Yeah. We'll, we'll link it all up in the bio as yeah, well for the Spotify. Up. Link in bio, peeps. <laughs> We've got to have right, something that, more to say. Can it be about male sexual yeah, abuse? Yeah. So, yeah. so. Back on that sorry. again. I, no, but, but genuinely, start. I'm hugely passionate about this. So, like, it's one in six men. Yeah. That, that, that is... It's just ridiculous. Mm. And, and, and when you say it's one in four women, it's 20% of the people walking around every day have got sexual abuse histories. Um, and it's just not talked about. You yeah. know, if, if our children were getting run over, 20% of our children were getting run over or kidnapped, there yeah. would be uproar in yeah. the street. Like, this yeah. is happening. So, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's one of those things that lives in the shadows, but mm. it just not alone. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing it more into the light. Mm. I think it's really important. Mm. Yeah. Rory, any last words? How can I follow the... <laughs> I don't know. Follow one in six. He's, he's not chasing his childhood dream of becoming a rock star. He's actually doing something good and out of value with his life. I don't know. I would say dream big. Dream big, that's it. And just believe in yourself. Yeah, because miracles can happen. Yes, they can, baby girl. Lucy, any last words? Oh, don't usually turn over to me. No, I think I'm going to leave it to our magical guests to, to end us on a high note. Amazing. So, um, But what I will say is you're both super inspirational. So thank you for being here. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.